1: Video games, The gaming podcast that strives to the right balance coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the classic edition and new edition of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who improves on all of my drawbacks. Josh, how are you doing this evening?
2: Oh, I'm doing good. It's very muggy and miserable here. Um, but I think you also improve on all my drawbacks. That makes it a good team.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but then the, one of us cast to be the new edition.
2: Well, well, one of us. Yeah, I guess that's true. What nostalgia. So, <laughs> nostalgia counteracts new edition. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hot. How about you? Is it muggy where you are? How, what's the temperatures like?
1: It has actually been extremely pleasant the last day or so oh, nice. or last couple of days really and it's supposed to be that way for this entire week our temperature highs are supposed to be in the mid to upper 70s all week
2: oh that sounds so nice
1: i know doesn't it the downfall being we haven't had rain in forever and we're still not supposed <laughs> to have rain in forever so that's a bummer yeah but we, get, we get a
2: hurricane coming wednesday so <laughs> yeah, that's true you do <laughs> well, we had the opposite problem i guess
1: well, maybe that hurricane just won't happen, because that's what our weather forecasts have been, is they will say, hey, you're going to get rain in two days, and then two days later, they say, surprise, we lied, no rain today, yeah. and then you just get sad, <laughs> so that's a bummer, unfortunate, especially with you know COVID and everything else going on, and the challenges living in Iowa with being a state that has a lot of farms, and farming is big, getting Regular precipitation is something that is a very important topic of conversation <laughs> yeah, in <definitely. laughs> our state. So, and not too much, not too little, just regular consistent precipitation is really important. And we haven't had some in a while, though we've been pretty good up until now, which is nice. Uh, it would just you know, be nice to finish off the month of August with a little regular amount of precipitation here. But, you know, mm. it is what it is. Do you think it's interesting that we always talk about weather at the start of the show?
2: No, it's that's the thing, you know. When you talk to people, uh, it's always I'm not, we have things to talk to each other about, but that's always right. the default. How's the weather? If I wasn't sitting here like marinating in my own <laughs> sweat, I probably wouldn't have brought it up <laughs> the humidity. Uh, but yeah, um, it's the most relatable thing that we have between us and our listeners. I think. Well, and weather.
1: It's true, and we live in very different places, so I think that helps, right? It's not like we are down the road from one another. Yeah, that'd be funny.
2: You're next door. I'm like, how's the weather (laughs) for you today?
1: (laughs) We are many states apart. One of us, you know, East Coast. One of us, Mid Coast.
2: Mid Coast, huh? Yeah,
1: Mid Coast. (laughs) Somebody, I think that is somewhere. Maybe that's even our Twitter profile that says that. (laughs) <laughs> because in our Discord, which listeners you should totally join our Discord if you don't. There's a lot of fights about East Coast and West Coast people because we have a lot on both, but everyone just forgets about the Mid Coast. And I think I wrote that one time because I was feeling left out.
2: <laughs> well, we gotta get you guys a coast, I guess, so you don't have to feel left out.
1: I don't really need a coast. I'm totally fine.
2: Middle America. That's what you are. That's right. You don't get a coast.
1: <laughs> we don't get a coast. Uh, in uh, comedian Daniel Tosh, had it. What's that?
2: Rest in peace. Why is his why? career? <laughs> oh, his career.
1: Gotcha. I was like, I yeah, he did, I was yeah. very confused there for a moment. <laughs> so Daniel Tosh the one time did a joke about you know, living in middle America and that we always talk about how we live here because of the seasons and that we love seasons oh, yeah. and that's why we live here. <laughs> and he makes a joke about how actually that's where you go when you've given up on life. <laughs> <laughs> Was you don't realize you have any dreams to live for, you just move to the middle of the country because everything's more affordable, <laughs> which is kind of true. I mean, everything is far more affordable here, which is is nice, but I would like to think I haven't given up on all my dreams yet. Maybe I have. Who knows? But Josh, oh, clearly boy. you haven't given up on your dreams by living on the coast.
2: Clearly. I just haven't realized my dreams are to live in the Midwest. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> those are my dreams. <laughs>
1: It it you know, it is nice being able to afford things like a house. Let me it's say expensive that. to live out here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every place obviously has its expenses and to a degree, some jobs compensate for where you live and give you a little extra pay. Some jobs. Some let jobs. me clarify. Some <laughs> jobs. Yeah. Not all jobs. Yeah. I couldn't do my job in in California or something like that. I would not be able to afford to do my job and live. Right. I don't think. So, and at least maintain the same lifestyle that I have currently, which is that I get to do things I want to on occasion.
2: Yeah, you could live in a studio apartment and barely even be able to afford that rent.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there are, it is interesting, especially seeing when people will post San Francisco and all those places, they'll post about how much rent is and all those good stuff. And I think about the fact that, you know, my house my mortgage for my house is less expensive than rent on, like, a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I-, I watched, like, Alana Pierce did, like, an uh, apartment tour, and she's like, oh, and no, it wasn't an apartment tour. She was doing something, and she's showing her tiny little studio and the air conditioner unit that doesn't work, and she just has to tolerate it. And I'm like, you, you're paying... You're paying so much money; you should at least have a working air conditioner. Right? Like, geez, get you know, get that fixed.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, like I said, trade offs. There's trade offs to everything.
2: Yes. Yeah. So,
1: there was one other thing I was going to bring up before we got started, and now I can't remember exactly what it was.
2: It'll come to you, and then we'll just talk about it when it comes to you.
1: It might. We'll see what happens. Who knows? It'll come to it, come to me, but. Thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff over on the p- Instagram, also Board with VG. We are a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com PSVG, but the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Josh, I remembered what the other topic was.
2: Ooh, what was it?
1: Something showed up in the mail, and it was not USB outlets.
2: What? Wait. Oh, yes. That's right. (laughs) I was like, wait a second. (laughs) Yes. Which Did I you got, crack that I, baby open yet?
1: I have not cracked that baby open, but it was interesting because it was sitting on the counter, obviously, where I took the picture of it. Mm. And then apparently it was trying to show off, be fancy, show off my USB <laughs> outlets, which I was not. Yeah. But hey, if you give up on your dreams and move to the middle of the country, <laughs> you, can you have too it. can have USB <laughs> outlets. So there you go. Um, but my partner came home and she goes, oh, what's this? And I go, you know, game. It. <laughs> it's another game. And she goes, okay. And she grabs it. She goes, how many games are in here? <laughs> just one. Just what? one? Yeah, just one game. Just one. <laughs> so I'm awesome. really excited to play it. We do want to finish up uh, Lord of the Journeys in Middle-Earth. Lord of the Rings Journeys in hmm. Middle-Earth. So first, but then I think we're going to maybe play a couple other games just to kind of get that campaign. Give a little break from that. And then hopefully... Especially since it's a busy time of year right now. Probably in September, I'm thinking, jump into Gloomhaven and start cracking out on that. See if we can find another person or two, assuming COVID has taken care of itself, hopefully, by then. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, man. I'm Um, really hoping. I know. We're
2: all trying. I hear (laughs) you. I hear you.
1: But uh, hopefully, then, if things are better, uh, maybe find a couple other people who will want to join the campaign as well. So, looking forward to that opportunity. But with that, Josh... What is your first topic this week?
2: Well, I'm going to uh um does there is a theme with most of my topics except for one, but I'm going to start uh, this cat. Uh <laughs> I'm going to start with um something that yeah, it's <laughs> Sorry. just she just
1: your cat clearly has feelings on this story. <laughs>
2: yeah, she had, uh what so uh before the story I just I did want to talk about um uh my the end of my target fiasco. I did end up with Finally getting my copy of Marvel Villainous. Um, shout out to Ra- Ravensburger, who who hooked me up with a Gen Con pin just for That's my troubles. Nice. Um, but it's funny because Target got back to me and then they were like, uh, we're so sorry. that We're going to do our best to get this for you. And then they messaged me again. Hey, we found it. It's in stock at this store in your area. And I was like, OK, great. Um, I'll give it a shot. So I ordered it. Um, and said it was available for pickup, and because it was a Sunday night, it was, like, available the next day. So, you know, I wake up at uh, – uh, no, I'm at work. I'm at work, and I get an email. Um, Your your order has been returned. Uh, we don't have the product. And I was like, oh, that's fitting. Oh, and no. And then in, in the uh, email, it said, try this other location. And I did just for the heck of it because I was like, what's the worst that could happen? Um and then it was in stock there, so my wife went and picked it up while I was working, which was nice. Um so yeah, for I just want to talk about it for the we had listeners asking about it. Um I talked to you and William about it off mic. Yep. So this won't be news to you. Uh but to the people who are curious, uh this is I mean villainous by name, right? So uh Everything, if you've played Villainous, you're you're going to be very familiar with the game with the exception of uh, a few different... This is just a small couple of small changes. Um, first thing is the event or the hero, the hero deck is shared. So uh, for every player that's playing, you have the option to play as Hela, Taskmaster, Ultron, Killmonger, or Thanos. Those are your choices in this one. And I was thinking, like... The first expansion is like prime for a Spider-Man specific expansion, right? Like Carnage, Venom, uh, Arcade, uh, Punisher, Deadpool. They could throw they could throw everything against the wall. Um, but uh, so it also introduces a generic hero deck, which is like the Avengers, basically, mm-hmm. uh, where they aren't specific to villains, uh, but they do cause. Uh, I would say maybe more Havoc because they're just supposed to be generically tough. Uh, and they also, it also adds event cards that get thrown into the hero deck. There are generic events and then there are hero specific events. Uh, the important thing to note about the hero, oh sorry, the villain, villain specific events. I always messed that up. The important thing to note about the villain specific uh bad guys and events. If you are only playing two players uh you cannot play an event against yourself that so if you pull your event and it's it has your little villain icon in the lower right hand corner you just have to discard it and you don't draw another here um um fate i keep calling it here deck fate deck uh which is nice uh if you draw a generic event it goes in the middle of the table and that is a shared um like, say an event is a seven power, you can use each other's... You guys can like team up, put your allies on that location. But you have to physically move to that location as a relocate action. Um, and then you can attack it, and if multiple people are there when it gets taken down, it's a shared reward, but also these events typically cause continuous havoc until they're defeated. Uh, if you draw another event, it doesn't get played on top of one. It just gets discarded, unless you play on a different difficulty variant, which allows like you to play all of them. Um, if I'm playing, if it's three of us, and I draw a Thanos event, I don't, uh, sorry, for the events, I do have to play it on Thanos. But if I draw a, a Thanos um a hero, bad guy, good guy, whatever, I can play that on anyone, in anyone's realm. Uh, so you don't have to specifically play it, but that card will be tailored to be more difficult for Thanos to like deal with. So they might have uh, abilities that don't affect the other person's realm, depending on how you want to manage that. And then on the right side of everyone's board, there's a, uh area after your last location for specialty cards. I believe each villain has two, but at least I know Hella and Taskmaster each have two specialty cards, and those things give you abilities that um, generally you can use every turn. Uh, some of them do have like the activate uh, um, ability spot like icon on them, so you would have to use that, but some some are just basic cards you get to use as long as it's applicable to the situation. Um, for me. As a Marvel fan, I mean, I'm a Disney fan too, right? But um, I think where everywhere Marvel uh, Disney villainous succeeds, Marvel does it, and also makes it a little more interesting if you've already played the other one. So, and now I get cat car alarm. What <laughs> else could happen? Fire? Uh, not not Yeah, no uh, kidding. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I, I give it a high recommendation. I can't wait to play it again and with more people. Uh, this is also a game... Um, I did do some logistics. You definitely could still play it over Skype or Zoom. Um, you just have to have one person in charge of the Fate deck, and then everyone, like, accordingly pull out the card says they're being played. Um, but it's definitely doable, uh, which is nice. because is now nice. And then you don't have to deal with... Like, when I played with multiple people... You have to have different de- Like, I had to put everyone's boards out around me. I would mm-hmm. still have to do that with this, but now I would just have one fate deck instead of four or five separate ones. So, it's a nice for that for the, for the, um, the uh, what's the word I want to use? The online gaming. Uh, gotcha. As, as it were. Um, so, yeah, uh, Marvel Villainous, if you can get it. I actually was at one of the targets today and it was in stock. So, it's clearly in <laughs> stock some places. Uh, so pick it up. It's still only 34 bucks. Like what a deal Right for the amount of game you get and the production quality. This game should be $60 and it's just nice that it isn't.
1: How much do you think the theme plays into your enjoyment of it? If someone, for instance, is a much bigger fan of Disney than they are Marvel. I know you said just from a gameplay perspective, you prefer Marvel villainous. Yeah. Do you think those who are bigger into Disney properties would still be persuaded by the gameplay changes and still, Enjoy playing this version of the game.
2: I think if they got into Villainous as a Disney fan, but mm-hmm. have become a Villainous fan, you can absolutely play this. Um, and in fact, it's like I said, it's like that like breath of fresh air. It changes up the formula just enough, right? That you feel like you're kind of playing a different game to an extent. Um, it also adds um, uh, plus one, minus and minus one counter tokens, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely some additions to it. Uh, but don't get me wrong. Like the theming is important. Right. And if you have like no interest period in Marvel properties, then I mean, you could, you could skip it. But if you were at a social gathering, I would jump at a chance to play it. Um, if you don't want to make the purchase. Um, but, uh, yeah, realistically, like even you could get this and then just go back to villainous and then back to this just for even that small, like like diverse change the little bit of difference mm-hmm. um i don't know how much like for me i thought i was having fun with like taskmaster in his cards because like i'm familiar like all of his he like allies they're named after the weapons that they use and that's like consistent with comics and it's pretty right. tongue in cheek and funny um so it's fun to get stuff like that um i don't know that my wife was paying too much attention to anything in Hella's area. In fact, there's a card that's uh, Valkyrios, and she kept going. You mean Valkyrie? And I'm like, No, this is Valkyrios. No, like Valkyrie. I'm like, Kinda, but not. That's not who it is. <laughs> right. Like, there's another one of those in your deck. So, like, th- there's definitely a lot in there for comic book fans. But I think mm-hmm. you can get by it, uh, with just enjoying the art and the gameplay.
1: Awesome. Very cool. All right. So that was topic point 0.5. Point so what five. is topic one?
2: All right. So I couldn't remember if I talked about this, if we talked about this on our podcast or if it was on play some video games that I talked about it. Um, so if you're hearing me or if, even if I listened to someone talk about it, but um, it might've been Ke- uh, Kevin and Lucas talking about it um, a while back. Oh yeah. Cause uh, <laughs> I think it was Lucas. he kept calling her Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez instead of AOC, like as if he hadn't heard of that acronym. Oh, so they gotcha. they were, they just went and called her Mrs. Cortez the whole time. <laughs> uh <laughs> so that it was pretty interesting. Uh so so there was some drama going on with um the army uh posting like fake giveaways on Twitch that led to recruiting pages instead of the giveaways. Mm-hmm. Um and AOC uh, the Democratic representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez um, got wind of this, and um, they kind of like unraveled this whole thing about how the military, in general, all branches have been using Twitch as recruitment, um, and in fact, paying soldiers to stream, which I think right. a lot of people had a bigger problem with. Um, so she she proposed. Uh well she put out efforts to try to stop uh military recruiting via Twitch. Um to get away from everything that really happened. The amendment was voted down. So uh the military still now will still has uh the ability to use Twitch however they see fit. Um and if they want to include links to uh, uh how to like how to join. Uh, well, her, one of her tweets is pretty funny. She says, imagine trying to explain to your colleagues who are members of Congress what Twitch is and then a crying face emoji. <laughs> right. Uh so I can get how frustrating that probably was and probably and, and I'm sure it has a part of why it got uh, voted down. I guess I just really wanted to talk to you about what your thought not necessarily about the about the bill, the amendment being voted down, but Do you think that this is an issue? Do you think that they should be allowed to use Twitch as recruiting or not? It's not, I guess it's not used as recruiting. It's used in a form of recruiting to get people interested in a specific branch of the military. Do you think that that is okay? Um, and you work in a college, so you must see military come in anyways. I know they do it in high schools. Yep. Um, like they bring the Navy. The Navy brings a like a flight simulator truck to our school and just parks it over like overnight for like a week and they just have kids go in and do like virtual, I don't know, <laughs> warship combat. I'm not sure what they do, but uh uh what do you think? Do you think this is uh something that they shouldn't be allowed to do? Uh, do you think it it infringes on their rights as human beings and etc? <laughs>
1: Well, the interesting thing about all this is that a lot of this came to light because of people asking about, while they were streaming, there were people asking, well, what are your favorite war crimes? Yeah. And those people started getting banned. And then the ACLU and some others basically came out and said that from their perspective, they felt it was unconstitutional for a government entity to ban folks who are asking uh, questions like that because when we get into the whole, you know, when people get upset about Facebook or Twitter or any of those groups who suspend people or stop people's accounts for violating the terms of service, people right away jump into the freedom of speech, I can say what I want situation, fully forgetting the fact or not recognizing the fact or just being oblivious to the fact, whatever that might be, that... It's a private company with a term of service. They actually can't violate <laughs> your uh, the Bill of Rights or, or the freedoms you have because only the government can do that. <laughs> so the so the you know the U.S. Army and the Navy and the military banning you on their Twitch channels actually theoretically could start to skirt that issue or start to become an issue of freedom of speech because that is a government entity. Denying you the ability to ask those questions to engage in that conversation. So that's f- kind of funny that they probably were doing that just so they didn't have to deal with it. And that kind of is what got everyone brought all this kind to light, really. So in some ways it it's a little humorous to me that the reason this even became a thing <laughs> was because the military didn't want to talk about that stuff and just started banning people, and then this kind of all got brought to light as a result of it. Yeah. I will say you're right. Having worked in schools for a very, very long time, it is not uncommon to see recruiters be present. Obviously, the institution I work at and every institution I've ever worked at has ROTC on campus and and chapters of ROTC. Obviously, high schools allow military recruiters to come to the schools to talk to the students. uh, But that's kind of part and partial of what are you going to do next, right? They let colleges do that too. They let a lot of groups come and do that. So the Twitch thing, I really don't know how I feel about it, to be honest, Josh. My initial instinct is they probably shouldn't be able to recruit people through it. Right. But then <laughs> when I really think about it, I guess I, I don't have a really good reason other than I just don't really like it. And I don't know if that's a good enough reason. You know what I'm saying?
2: I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like and it I- either, but I don't think we can stop them.
1: Right, and I think part of it is just because when you're in high school, obviously there's going to be exceptions. There's some extremely gifted students who are younger than average who graduate much earlier. But in general, there's a certain age group you're going to be interacting with. Whereas on Twitch, that restriction doesn't really exist as much. And I think for me, that's more of my concern with it yeah. is that we don't know how old all of those people are on Twitch who are – Potentially interacting in those channels, getting the information about, you know, going to, joining the military and all of that good stuff. And if you're like, hey, that's cool if a 10-year-old is getting that information, why shouldn't they get that information? Well, do we want colleges starting to recruit students at 10? Is that what we really want to? Yeah,
2: that's a bit young. I think you're right. That kind of hits the nail on the head. Though. Like, your audience is so widely uh, variety in age that, yeah, you don't want military walking into a grade school and trying to recruit kids.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not surprised this didn't pass. I'm not surprised at all that they're going to be able to continue to do what they're doing. That really doesn't surprise me. I will be interested to see, though, if they actually start streaming again, because I don't think they have because of the freedom of speech concerns. Yeah. But I will be very interested if they do come back to start streaming and if they do, how they handle those situations. That, to me, is the more interesting thing. What about you? What are your thoughts on all of this?
2: I I don't know. It, it, they were deleting I know they were deleting comments and that's not cool. Right. Um and so my biggest concern I honestly if if the army has a Twitch page I don't mind. I'm not right. a big fan of the government paying soldiers to play video games. Um I'm you know, it's not esports. It's it's just a recruiting tool. Which is a little in my head. It's it's kind of muddy, muddy a little bit. Uh, um, I don't like how like originally it was like, hey, click on this link to be entered to an Elite Series Two controller. Right. And then they clicked it, and there was no contest period. It was just the recruiting page. Yeah. So like, that's a little upsetting. And I feel like
1: that would violate terms of service, wouldn't it?
2: It has to violate something, <laughs> morals, <laughs> uh,
1: well, at the very least. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I don't. I'm not a big fan of that, but I mean, people choose you. You know, you're making a decision to go to whatever Twitch channel you want to go to, whether it's very the true. game that you played or the person playing the game. Very so true. you don't have to go to Army, Navy, Marines, National Guard uh boy scouts you don't have to go to any of those <laughs> um but you know that's your choice so should they get a voice just like anyone else yeah absolutely should they be like i don't as much as i appreciate what she was trying to do i also don't understand working in congress trying to bring something that violates what you are paid to do um even no matter how passionate you are about it right uh, you're you You can't take the rights away from someone else because you're not comfortable with how they're using their rights um you know, so uh I applaud the effort and it's obviously uh meant with the best of intentions mhm um but you you also you know you have to take the other side of the coin where everyone gets those rights, not just right. the people you like,
1: <laughs> very true, very true. Very well said, Josh. Anything else you want to say about military recruiting on Twitch?
2: No, don't go to the pages if you don't want to be recruited.
1: I guess that's a really good way to put it, really, in the end.
2: (laughs) If you want an Elite Series 2 controller, save up. Don't join the military.
1: (laughs) And then you could buy your own sticky button controller like everyone else.
2: If you make it home.
1: Wow. Okay. I mean. <laughs> well, I, you were, you said not join the military, so I thought we were.
2: Oh right. No. Oh yeah, well, yeah. 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 Sorry for the people who That's... tried to get it that way. <laughs> right. Right. Right.
1: All right. Well, we're gonna transition pretty drastically here, and Good. we're gonna talk about 2019 <laughs> and hobby games. And Josh, hobby hobby game sales were pretty stellar in 2019. How stellar? One point six seven five billion with a B Stellar in 2019. This is over from our the good people over at ICV2 posted by Milton Gripe. Uh according to their story, quote Hobby game sales in the US and Canada totaled 1.675 billion in 2019, up 12% from 1.459 1.495 billion numbers are hard in 2018, according to an estimate compiled by ICV2. The increase is powered by big jumps in sales of collectible games, miniatures, and role-playing games, partially offset by declines in board games and card and dice games. So, Josh, we'll talk about some other details in a minute here, but just hearing that number 1.675 billion, what comes to mind? What comes to your thoughts when you hear that number?
2: Well, I gotta be honest with you, the first thing that came to my mind when I opened this page, is I don't know if you have the same banners at me as I do, but I was totally distracted by this whole page, way more than the $1.68 billion. I'm assuming you have the Catan and the Marvel Champions ads all over your page from Game Genic.
1: (laughs) And the Ultra Pro (laughs) Entertainment Playroom from Burger Academy. I have that on there.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Marvel
1: Champions official sleeves, Talisman Adventures.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that that was. I've been waiting for this stuff forever, so it get distracting to me. Uh, gotcha. It, you know, if I hadn't seen the the chart with it accompanying it, I wouldn't really know what to make of that number. Um, it's a lot of money, right? I, like, I get, I get that. That's not lost on me. I mean, what seventy five percent of it is is Frost Haven. <laughs> no, <this is> Those are twenty nineteen. I <laughs> know, I'm kidding. Um. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, 2019 I don't think that's a surprise, right? 2019 was a huge year for board games. Right. Um 2020 is going to be the big question mark. But it it makes me excited. That's if if I'm being honest, what it makes me think of is how excited I am to be in this hobby um and not have enough time to play all the games I want to um because it means I'm still getting excited about getting all these games and I want to play them. So I think it's great, and uh, I hope we we look good in 2020 still. So that's just North America.
1: Yeah, that is just U.S. and Canada. So Josh, if you had to guess, how much do you think the video game industry sold in 2019? Well, <laughs> what would their sales be? Now, there's a couple different ways you could look at this. Yeah, looking specifically at digital games for mobile, PC, gaming console consoles, as well as video game content, esports, and virtual reality. So not just like how many boxes of games were sold, but it's really looking at the industry as a whole, revenue generated. How much do you think it was in 2019?
2: Weren't we just talking about how video games are a billion-dollar industry too? Oh, man, I wish I could remember all the way back to then. Uh, I feel like you're asking me this because it's going to be drastically different than I'm guessing. So let me dr- guess drastically different. How about... $780 million.
1: So globally, the video game industry generated $120.1 billion Oh, uh, yeah. I was a
2: billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, I was way off.
1: <laughs> but with that being said, though, in the NPD groups, are really just looking at the United States specifically and just looking at full game software, accessories, and game and sales. So just really looking more at the traditional quote unquote video games that we talk about. Uh, sales in 2019 were $14.581 billion.
2: Okay. All right. I mean, so yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you know, 14-ish times the size of the two industries, but that's okay. No big deal. What is your thoughts on the idea of big jumps in sales for collectible games, miniatures, and role-playing games, but then a decline for board games and card and dice games? Does that surprise you?
2: Yeah. I mean, yes, it does. <laughs> uh, I think... Collectible games make sense, right? Because you're just constantly adding. Um, right. Miniatures make sense, right? Because you're uh, – same thing. And role-playing games, I think, are just becoming popular again or even, they're like dare I say, acceptable for the first time for a lot of people. Right. So I think those are growing, sure. Uh, the board games, card games, and dice, maybe people are having the opposite problem that I'm having where they think they have enough. And they don't want to keep adding. Um, I I know we definitely talked about, like, an oversaturation of games. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest examples is, like, that deal that Target made, was it, like, two years ago now. Right. You know, they're really, like, following up on that. But the problem is, like, if I go to my Target now and I go to the clearance section, it's littered with board games. It is. And they're it not really all is. bad board games. Yeah. Uh, you know... And same for Walmart. Uh, a lot of these places, that retail stores that are carrying board games now, they're overbuying, or they're, or they're just—I mean, point blank—they're overbuying because they're right. not—they're not forecasting their business uh, correctly. But um, that might not be the case with how many units they buy. It just might. Like when Jurassic World, Jurassic Park game came out, I was able to get it on clearance here before Kevin could even find it in one of his targets in stock. Right. You know, so and I just read today on Twitter that someone already found um a copy of Marvel villainous on clearance at a Target. I'm sure it was accidentally priced, but like Right. You like
1: it was probably supposed to be Disney villainous yeah, the Scar expansion, yeah. because the color of the box. <laughs> is very same, similar. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: That's what they get. Uh <laughs> I didn't get to revenge, but someone got it for me. Uh so yeah, I think that I think that that could possibly be why it's a little like why it's down uh, Kickstarters doesn't help either a lot of games are getting pushed to Kickstarter um, which I I guess you know kind of hurts the volume of games coming out in retail stores too
1: right it is interesting uh, this story or this report I should say says that quote we define hobby games as those games produced for a gamer market generally although not always, sold primarily in the hobby channel of game and card specialty stores. So for the most part, not looking at most of the mass market games, it doesn't sound like, really focusing mostly on those quote-unquote hobby games, but I would imagine because this is an inexact science, maybe things like Marvel Villainous, things like... um. The Gloomhaven, is it Jaws of the Lion?
2: Jaws of the Lion,
1: yeah. Jaws of the Lion. I'm wondering if those, even though they are in bigger retail stores, would still, in the 2020 uh, breakdown, be still counted? Because those are definitely produced for the gamer market, but also really looked at trying to bridge that gap between the gamer market and those getting in to become the gamer market. Yeah. So... They do have a more in-depth report. You have to pay for it, though. So I didn't do that. So I'm just (laughs) looking at the free one uh, to talk about all this. But I was kind of surprised by the decline in board games and card and dice games. I was also actually surprised a little bit by how small of a percentage role-playing games are. Uh, They did jump over 20% compared to 2018, but that was to $80 in sales. Yeah, okay. Which really surprised me because I... I, Especially with how popular live-play Dungeons & Dragons games have gotten with Critical Role, and it seems basically every game network, to a degree, has some sort of iteration of that at this point. I really thought this would grow even more, and maybe 2020 is where the... I would would like to say maybe 2020 is where we'll see a big growth, but obviously with Corona, harder to get together right now to do RPGs (laughs) and, and, and to have that tabletop experience, the tabletop RPG experience. So. I thought those would be grown. I thought that would be a bigger part of the market. I, I always thought it would be it was a little more popular than that. So, yeah. anything else from this report that stood out to you?
2: Um, not not specifically. I guess I'm I'm just I still I'm still uh I don't want to say impressed, but well, I guess I'm just I'm very happy with the numbers that that they're showing. So it's good for right. us. It's good for the hobby
1: it is good for the hobby and i do think it also continues to go to show how different video game the video game hobby is from the board game hobby just about when we talk about money that you know a few thousand sales of a board game is successful whereas a few thousand sales of a video game would be i don't think looked at pretty positively right <laughs> so so it is it is a big drastic difference when you're looking at the money but continued growth there was a little bit of a dip in 2018 but really since 2014 just for perspective dear listener 2014 the total sales were 920 million and now in 2019 we're up to 1.68 billion so that's obviously some significant growth there really positive things overall in hobby gaming so hopefully that continues to grow we'll see eh, about a year from now uh, how 2020 (laughs) did josh what is your second topic
2: well, it's Sunday as we are recording now, which means it's the last day of Gen Con Line. I don't know it if they've is. called it that, but that's what I'm gonna call it.
1: I think that sounds great.
2: Gen Con ended today. So we had a bunch of um board game announcements and teases and and fun stuff like that. So to continue my theme, we're gonna continue we're gonna stay with Marvel and we're gonna say we're going to say, I'm going to tell you <laughs> that Fantasy Flight Games has announced a new game called Marvel's X Men Mutant Insurrection. So, this is off fantasyflightgames.com. Um, and essentially, uh, what this game is, is it's a fast paced, cooperative, dice driven game for one to six players. Uh, it doesn't have a board per se, it has more of like a setup. Um, area. It does come with the, um, X-Men jet, the X-71. Ooh, don't, comic kind of like book nerds to come at me. <laughs> uh, I almost said the X-Wing, so that would have been worse. Uh, the X-Jet, I think, is just what they call it, but I think it's an X-71 prototype, uh, stealth jet. Uh, it's designed by Richard uh, Launius and Brandon Purdue. Uh, It invites you to travel across the globe on death-defying missions to recruit new mutants, capture criminals, protect innocent lives, and battle against some of the most iconic X-Men villains. I hope Omega Red is in here. Uh, You'll build a team of mutants with characters like Rogue, Wolverine, and Storm, joining forces with Shadowcat, Magic, and Forge. Magic, the much-beloved X-Men that everyone knows, (laughs) not just me. Uh, Eight to... Distinct scenarios await, each with their own challenges, and each leading to a no-holds-barred showdown against the villains like Magneto, Dark Phoenix, or the Hellfire Club. Uh, the Blackbird, there it is, is ready to launch. Uh, join your team and fight for the future. So, we're looking at some, uh, I don't know, did you see these, like, standees? They're pretty, like, low-quality cardboard standees, it appears which is surprising for Fantasy Flight not to be doing a miniatures game. Right. Um, but that I hope that means that the uh, production, uh, that it's cheaper to buy. I will say I do like the art. It looks like it's right from X-Men the Animated Series, as far as at least how the standees go. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, I like how some of the cards look as well. Um, it's I don't know how to read them yet because they definitely have specific icons on them. As far as uh who controls and how, but uh you know uh they do have a cool thing where it looks like you can combine uh assist cards with your characters to um add more dice to their rolls. The cards almost even look like century cards with like just the colored die icons to indicate like maybe how many die you can roll right um dice look nice there's cool um um health meter for bad guys. Uh, I didn't read through this whole thing, um, but there is a thing here that says there are evil forces against you, however, and they won't stop while the X-Men are still alive. After the mission phase each round, threat will inc- increase, pushing the heroes towards defeat. Threat cards can lead to devastating events or dangerous sentinels. Um, even the bonds between heroes can become twisted or broken, love may turn to regret, and camaraderie may give way to betrayal. You'll have to reckon with the consequences of those negative bonds uh, if those heroes are ever deployed on the same mission. It sounds like there's like a permanent um, traitor card. So yeah. like if something happens to Cyclops when he's partnered with Wolverine on a mission one of them may betray the other, and then they can, if they're ever on a mission again together, it will affect the mission, which I right. think is a very cool uh, way to do it. There's also, like, it looks like a lot of these cards are meant to, like, essentially connect to each other to build up either, like, combos or special events or abilities. It definitely has, a def uh, like, a unique... Um, uh, take on this card game. There's also the danger room where you can train uh, for your first mission, um, which has a, uh, you can get a play mat, mm-hmm. a clear play surface. I'm sure that that is not included.
1: It is not.
2: Um, did you check? Does it have the pre-order price? Because it says you can pre-order it.
1: Fifty-four oh, yeah, ninety-five.
2: Okay, so I thought it would be a little cheaper.
1: (laughs) I did too because of the standees, but I guess also would you have 16 different characters, that means you have to have 16 different decks, 16 different sets, or 16 different dice um, that are working for all of them. So, I I guess I kind of see the price, but I also thought it'd be slightly cheaper because of the cardboard standees.
2: Yeah, plus a $30 playmat. That's uh I mean playmats are a bit much.
1: <laughs> they are playmats are really expensive.
2: I'm happy to get it for like my Century games. Yep, I have them for that too. Uh, you know, I'll spend the extra because they're so good looking. This is a very right. plain mostly blue looking playmat. <laughs>
1: it's a pretty uh, understated playmat. Yeah, I'll make
2: my own playmat. I just cut out yeah. pictures of Wolverine and stick it to corners of like a rubber mat I get at Walmart.
1: <laughs> there are a lot of exclamation points on it, though. Yeah,
2: <laughs> hand drawn uh, by me. Uh, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> what do you think? You have I know um, that comics aren't necessarily your forte, but is this have not. N- any interest to you at all?
1: Honestly, no. I, I I was having this conversation the other day with Erica. We were talking about board games and our board game habits and what we're getting into and more and more we have been playing very campaign-based games and i i think we kind of almost want to get back to as we have now gloomhaven and i pre-ordered pandemic legacy season zero <laughs> uh get back to playing just games that we can play just once or twice and move on and when you have a, a game like this where you have 16 different characters. There's a lot of plays that are going to be required here in order to you, to get, I think, a really good feel uh, for the game, how the game plays, to get to a point where you feel competent and confident in how you feel about the game. So I'm not a huge X-Men fan to begin with. I'm not a huge comic person in general anyway, so this really isn't doing too much for me. Maybe people really like the art. I think the art is totally fine. I think the game looks fine. But I don't know, fifty-five bucks I think is gonna be a bit of a tough swallow for me to jump in on this game. What about you?
2: Uh this is one of those games where I would love to have it. But I like I literally got um legendary X-Men extension mm-hmm. yeah. um for my birthday four year, five years ago and never never cracked it. Oh no. Be- because I like my tastes and maybe even X-Men seem to be singular in the game group. Um, like my wife right. will like play games like that with me, but I don't just, you know, sometimes you don't want to play a game with someone who's tolerating the theme. So then right. when I say sometimes I mean all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's definitely something that is interesting to me. I think it looks good. 54 bucks is a bit much, so I might wait till it's 50 bucks or 40 bucks on Amazon. Um, but I think uh, the dice, look very, like, high quality. I would say that probably looks like the most high quality of the game, which right. is why I'm, like, a little tough on the on that price. Um, but I really like the premise. I really like how the game sounds like it's going to play, and you have to carefully think about each mission and who you're bringing on the mission. Uh, and in a world where I don't have Gloomhaven or soft to play Vindication or have various kickstarters like title blades mm-hmm. and the vindication sequel like coming like this could definitely be a game i see playing but uh right now every game i play is sacrificed to another game so i don't know that yeah. that uh i might be willing to add it to the collection but um i don't think i'm day one at that price
1: i hear you did you also see that they announced an expansion for twilight imperium fourth edition
2: i did see that uh yeah also an uh, expansion for Harry Potter, Battle for Hogwarts. That is true. Hogwarts Battle, sorry.
1: Yeah. Battle for so did you look... Have you ever played a Twilight Imperium? Any of the additions? I
2: would totally play it, um, but um, every time I look at it, I l- immediately look away. I'm like, there's no way I would be able to even grasp this game if I bought it on my own.
1: Right. So how much... Just take a stab at the dark. How much do you think the expansion is for Twilight Imperium? Oh, boy.
2: Uh, I mean, is the, the, base retail, game, pr-
1: the is, retail price for the fourth edition is 150 bucks.
2: I was going to say, I thought it was like 120. So if, I don't know. Is it like a $70 expansion? $100. Oh my God. That's not an expansion. That's a full game.
1: So they also recently, very recently announced an expansion for Lord of the Rings journeys in the middle earth. Did you yes, know that?
2: I did see that. Yeah.
1: Did you see how much that expansion is? I did not see how much that was. It is $80
2: for a game that mostly runs on an app.
1: And the game the base game is a hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Well, that's unfortunate for you. And I was really excited <laughs> about
1: the expansion because there is a app expansion where it just is additional uh campaign scenarios that is seven dollars, I think, in app. Yeah. That you use all the stuff from the first game, seven bucks, get this new expansion. I thought that was kind of the way they were going to go that they would do. And they also have one character pack. I think you can get that's pretty inexpensive, but I just kind of thought that's how the expansions were going to go for this game. And then surprise, surprise. (laughs) They announced this new one and I got all excited about it. And then I went and saw that it was $80 and I got way less excited about (laughs) it. So that Hmm. was a bit of a bummer, but yeah,
0: that's
2: too bad.
1: The thing is that I really do enjoy the game though. So if it and it sounds like the expansion is as or yeah, it sounds like the expansion is as long as the base game. And from a content standpoint, of you get a whole bunch of stuff in the box again, you get new characters, you get all the same types of things you got in the same the base game. So if it's the same length, and I really enjoyed the base game, why wouldn't I spend the eighty dollars? I guess you know.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a good point. If it's basically, uh whew. Well, excuse me, Lord of the Ring is so tiring. Uh <laughs> if it's giving you like the same amount of content, I guess that, that makes sense. Like they shouldn't have to charge you less to give you the same amount. Uh I just like and this is coming from someone who hasn't played it. Right. Um I just heard so much uh on the on board game Twitter about people complaining how much it cost for most for it to be an app run game that they thought it should have been way cheaper. Anyway, so for them to come out with an $80 expansion, I'm sure those people are very angry.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is I, like I said, it is a tough sell for me there. Uh, the $80 really is a is a tough pill to swallow for sure because I want to support the game. I think the game's a lot of fun. It is really cool, but hoofta, that is not what I was expecting. Expansions to run for the game. It really isn't. And not that I would have not bought the base game if I had known that ahead of time. But it makes it really it kind of bums me out. Even if they were fifty bucks, I might be more okay, we can do this, that's good, but for some reason that price point is really kind of bummering me out. So
2: That should be a bummer. That's that's that you know, that shows how much you're enjoying the game now, but it doesn't Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I almost said something negative about about that com- the company, and I didn't. And that was just a gut reaction. Um, it's just kind of a bummer, yeah. That you 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 can't necessarily just immediately buy it, and it's something that you have to be like, well, do I want to enjoy more of this game, or what do we do now? So, yeah, that's right. that's a that's a tough decision.
1: Did you see though that they are reprinting uh, the Lord of the Rings the board game that oh, came out in two thousand? Yes,
2: I did see that. That's exciting. So, that I wanted exciting. to try that game.
1: That game is, yeah, really um, well-beloved. And it is actually 50 bucks, which doesn't seem okay. too bad, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but that is a well-beloved game. So it uh, Lord of the Rings, the board game, Anniversary Edition, I think is what they're calling it.
0: Nice.
1: So, cool. Anything else you want to talk about in regards to th- that I totally sidetracked that oh. <laughs> about X-Men Mutant Insurrection?
2: No, I think, uh, hey, we're getting more quality, or at least we think, so far. Um ip games uh, right it's not a bad thing ever
1: absolutely all right josh my second topic actually kind of related to which is why i brought up the lord of the rings anniversary Mm. edition uh we are getting josh a new edition of seven wonders yeah uh also over our good friends over at icv2 jeffrey dom sanchez uh, wrote this article updated art icons and more (laughs) The article goes on to say that, quote, The new edition features new cover and interior artwork with a brand new logo and a larger box to match other products in this line. The wonders feature both day and nighttime artwork, and the cards have new icons that allow them to be more easily read. Additionally, the rules have been updated to allow players to pick up and play faster. Josh... Seven Wonders, much beloved game, a game you really enjoy, a game yeah. I really enjoy, a game yeah. you played wrong forever. Uh-huh.
2: Forever. Uh, <laughs>
1: hopefully, hopefully this new edition prevents that from happening. But uh... You can't prevent
2: stupidity, Kyle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe more clear icons will help with that.
2: Here's no, my... the icons were not the problem. <laughs>
1: but here's my question, Josh. Does Seven Wonders need a new edition?
2: Uh, Yeah. Yes, I, I think it does. It's... It's one I think every game from that era of the okay. welcome to board games, this is gonna be a big thing error need should should be reprinted because we have so many people getting into the hobby now with games that their production values are crazy right. um, and if if it means it's gonna get more people to play seven wonders yeah heck, yeah, let's get carcassonne in there. Let's get like. I mean, I'm excited about Game Genic doing Catan accessories. That's true. That I can't wait to spend fifty dollars on a resource holder and twenty dollars on a neoprene mat. Like, I'm excited to do that. So yeah, let's let's do it. My only problem with this is, what am I going to do with my expansions? They're not going to look like any of the cards in this set.
1: I was wondering about that. How different (laughs) those things would look, and whether they would jive or not. So are you then going to buy this new edition and throw away your old one? Is that, I mean, donate, give it a <laughs> friend, whatever. I'm going
2: to, yes, I'm going to buy this. Um, I'm going to have to look at what expansions I have in the box for the other one and think if I want to keep those, like I have leaders and cities. Um, I, and I have... feel
1: like much fit in the Seven Wonders box in addition to the base game. Maybe I'm remembering wrong.
2: No, I don't think it had. It didn't have like. Oh, I don't remember now. I have to open it up and look. Uh, is it close by? <laughs> yeah, it's it's right behind me. Um, it's right behind me. Uh, <laughs> no, I think what I would probably do is get this and then give seven wonders to someone who I know who isn't into the hobby yet. Um, and I don't want to just give it to Goodwill, which is fine, but I would like to give it to someone. Cause this is like one of those games, like right. You want to get into board games, you play Seven Wonders. So maybe I would give it to my parents or um, and someone in the like an in law. Like that's that's what my plan would be, depending on how much this costs.
1: <laughs> I am wondering how much it's going to. It is going to cost. That'll be very interesting to me, because they didn't give an MSRP and they didn't say when it was going to be released. As far as I know, so. I'm a big fan of Seven Wonders. It's one of the games that really transitioned me from kind of playing hobby games to getting fully committed and playing a ton of hobby games. I just really like my edition of Seven Wonders, and I, I never really thought it needed something new. And as you carry the Seven Wonders box back over here, the box is way bigger than I remember it being. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I thought it was way smaller than that for some reason. I should look at my own shelf more often, I guess. But... How much are you willing to pay, then, for a new edition of Seven Wonders? And we just talked about previous games. We just talked about the Marvel game. talked about expansions for some Fantasy Flight games. So how much are you willing to pay for a game you already have in a new, ver- fancier version?
2: Well, first I'll say there's a lot of space in the score pad area to fit expansions.
1: That's right, because it has that hard plastic insert. That's why I was thinking that there wasn't a ton of room, because it has that custom insert that takes most of the things yeah. So adding new things on top is a little more challenging. And then I also
2: have like the the Catan tabletop day promo right, right, location, right, right. Yep. which all fits. I, the Seven Wonders Wonder Pack doesn't fit though. Um, what would I pay? I mean, that's the million dollar question. Uh, I want to say I don't know what fifty bucks is a good price. Um. I think so. Something I was reading I was reading about um Marvel United being at, available at Walmart and uh most people it's it's sold out all here. I can't find it anywhere. Um but I was reading an article saying that um uh, it's $30 there because Walmart doesn't want to carry games over $30 anymore.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: And I think I was looking at their games today. I think the exception to that rule is Rise of Tribes. Okay. Which is like 44 or 49. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even their villainous is priced at 30, not 34. Oh, okay. Um and I I also could be wrong with that. Um but I was reading something that said Walmart's new thing is they didn't want to have board games over thirty dollars and, and that they were able to get Fantasy Flight to put that at a thirty dollar retail price. I didn't think it was going to be that cheap for The base box. It also says it comes with a Walmart exclusive Venom figure. And I swore Venom was in that campaign. So I don't know what happened after that Kickstarter. Right. And I'm glad I didn't back it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, and I don't know if they meant just in their retail stores. Because I'm pretty sure you can buy like any board game on Walmart's website. Right. Um, So I'm not sure if that was that. Or even if it was a reputable... Um, um, story, but uh, I don't think you can put this out at thirty dollars. I think base seven wonders is forty. Uh,
1: right now seven wonders. I was looking up while you were talking. Seven wonders on Amazon. Yeah. Forty four ninety nine. MSRP is forty nine ninety nine.
2: Okay, so you could probably get it like on cool stuff for forty, but you pay shipping something right. like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's smart for them to come out at that forty dollar price tag, I guess. But if they're promising. If it's more than just art, which I don't think it is, um, it doesn't let me zoom, but uh, I think it's just artwork that's different.
1: Yeah, it sounds like the rules have been refined a little bit and artwork, yeah. but otherwise everything else seems like it's the same.
2: I think people like us would be happy to pay 50, but if you're trying to get more people into your games, like you got to keep it at the same price as your current one.
1: But the MSRP for the current one is 50.
2: Oh, the MSRP is 50? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, keep MSRP for 50 and... You'll be able to buy it for 40
1: So, yeah. I, hmm. However odd it is, similar to you, I don't know if I'm going to buy this just because I do have most, if not all, of the expansions. And I yeah. do want them to kind of look the same. Do you think there's a chance they'd redo all the uh, expansions, too?
2: I mean, they can. The expansions aren't crazy expensive. They were just right. um, two like card packs, three card packs. Well, two card packs and like a... What um, uh you call it? A gosh a um wonder pack yeah um and then i have babel i don't know if that's a and that's a proper expansion i think yep and um then the new one the the um the boat one i don't have that yet um i can't think of the name of it the one that adds the boats
1: i'm trying to remember the name of it as well i'm looking yeah. it up while you keep oh talking. armada there you go uh, Never mind. i don't I have I that to look it up.
2: so i mean that's the problem. I mean, the smartest thing they could do is just release card packs that replace the um, the art for the resource cards. You don't even need to change the art for the Wonders, I don't think. Um, if they just released card packs for like 10 bucks a card pack for each expansion, I think that would be smart. Uh, but who knows? I would have a tough time just like... That's just me being in my own head, like playing this game with older cards mixing with new cards. Ah, uh, plus the backs probably are the colors are probably a little bit different, right. which happens in like every game ever. So you'd be able to tell, you'd have a good idea maybe of what cards might be coming to you or are getting shuffled. So that could also be a, a challenge.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of. Fa- I'm pretty surprised on Board Game Geek. There's a lot more fan expansions on here than I thought there was going to be, because oh, I was really? looking at the number of expansions and suddenly I was wondering that maybe I didn't have as many as I thought, but Down the I hole. do. <laughs> yeah, because I have leaders and leaders
2: cities wonder pack Babel, armada i think that's all of them
1: Her Pack. i have Babel. the other armada. one that is all of them yep i have babble is the only one i don't have Egypt. i have armada but never played it
2: oh you do have it gotcha
1: yep but i never played it so but i don't have babble because the, the idea of us all working on that thing together just what it for for yeah. scene, like i wouldn't probably play very nice for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm excited seven wonders is a good game it I think it's cool that they're bringing it back to a degree. I also don't know that I'm going to buy it. Right. But you're right. It is nice to kind of give things a fresh look to hopefully entice those maybe who, you know, because Civil Wonders, they come out in 2010. It looks a little 2010-ish. so
2: Yeah, maybe they could actually make a good app for it, too, uh, because the app (laughs) is terrible.
1: Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Anything else you want to say about reprints right now? Or new editions of games, I should say.
2: Bring them on as long as you're not price gouging. Bring them on.
1: Awesome. All right, Josh, what is your third topic this week?
2: Hey, my last topic is on, well, Marvel Avenge- Marvel's Avengers War Table came back over the past week. We talked about it coming up briefly. We didn't really know what to expect except it was going to cover um, beta information. That's really all we knew right um so this comes from blog.playstation.com um and it, it kind of goes over this recap did you watch this presentation i should ask first
1: i did it after the fact i watched it uh later in in the same 4K? day but I wa- in 4k yeah I <laughs> oh, went, boy. Not, not during the live stream though but i watched it later in the day
2: okay so let's get let's let's uh we'll get your i'll we'll get our input after let's get some dirty details out of the way so August seventh, Kyle and I, and anyone else who pre- pre-ordered on PlayStation, will get access to the pre-order beta. Uh, that runs from the seventh to the ninth. We can preload it tomorrow. So I'll push that to your console, and then I'll come home and download it <laughs> if you want to do it.
1: It's the sixth that the
2: preload starts. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Oh, I'm looking at July. I didn't change my calendar, Kyle. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a problem. Okay, the sixth. Thursday it runs Thursday it runs Friday Saturday Sunday. Indeed. <laughs> uh, I knew I should have changed that calendar before we started. Uh, <laughs> August 14th we have the open beta um for the entire PlayStation 4 community and that runs well it doesn't have an end date. August 21st is their final weekend. Who excuse me. Um yeah, so I guess just for the weekends, right? So August 14, 15, 16 and then 21, 22, 23.
1: Indeed. And I think the fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth is on Xbox and PC is pre order beta. And then the twenty first weekend everyone. is open beta for everyone.
2: Okay, but yeah, so yeah, being a PlayStation block, they don't, don't want to tell you that. Right. Which which makes sense. Uh so for beta content, uh what they have told us is we will be playing uh well they said uh Square Enix, they want to give you the full slice of the game experience. Um, starting with single-player content uh, in the campaign, uh, leading all the way to uh, co-op Warzone missions. So you're going to get the, uh, they call it A-Day, which is the Golden Gate Bridge sequence that we've seen in all those trailers. We're going to get to play through that whole thing. As they described, it gives you an idea of how each hero controls differently. Uh, We have a hero mission where you play as Kamala and Hulk. Uh, called To Find Olympia, which looks pretty cool. Uh, That's also the last known location of Jarvis, if you want to know something like that. You have Missing Links, uh, which is another mission that Kamala and Hulk go on. You have the Harm Challenge Rooms. So these are basically like uh, training rooms where you get to use, well, a bunch of characters in it. Um, and if you've done all three of the rooms, you'll earn a nameplate that carries over to the full version of the game, but nothing else carries over to the game. Right. Uh, once you complete, once you've unlocked uh, operational war table in the beta, you now have access to war zone and drop zone missions with either friends, online co op, or your AI team. Um, what I thought was really cool was. Your AI team, if you play solo, is built on your characters, not generic computer characters that level to your level. But however much you've played Black Widow and you're playing Hulk now and you take her with you, her level will be where you left her off, which I really like. The problem... One of the problems I see is the problem that we've had, Kyle and I, playing with other people in like PSVG in the past is... Kyle and I try to stay in the same level and then we play a game with someone who's 20 levels above us and everything is unbalanced for us. Um, so that will be a challenge to keep up with everyone. Um, but that being said, like Kyle and I were talking, like I could bring in one of my guys, he could bring in one of his guys and we could play four players um, and just play together. I think that's really cool. Um and at the end, we did get a Marvel ending, of course, where they revealed a, our first character. Once again, there's no paid DLC in this game yet. Uh, so there will be four characters and missions that are given to us for the cost of entry. Um, and our first uh, hero announced is Hawkeye. And it's a very uh, comic book centric hawkeye it's not the hawkeye you're thinking of just like the rest of these characters um but to me it looks great it looks perfect they did a great job of making hawkeye look cool which i still say he isn't um but they did make him look cool and to top it off uh well one if you finish the beta you will unlock hulk smashers pickaxe and Hulkbuster style in Fortnite. So, for all you people excited for that collab. Um, and then just yesterday, the internet started buzzing that there's a rumor that Spider-Man could become an exclusive playable character to the PlayStation console version of this. Which would be huge for PlayStation. Uh, Where do you stand? Uh, Hype level. Did it change Uh, after this war table? um, Anything look great? Look terrible to you? Where where did this leave you afterwards?
1: So overall, I am more excited for this game than I was after the previous round table. Mm. I think the game continues to look better. I think the demonstrations of all the things you're going to be doing in the demo seem cool. My concerns right now are I will probably play the demo, but I don't know how much I'll play since other than getting nameplates, nothing really carries over. So once I get a feeling and if I get the feeling that I'm in, I don't know how much I want to do if I'm just going to have to redo it all in a month anyway. (laughs) So that to me is a little weird. The second thing that's a little weird to me is why are they calling this a beta? Because the game comes out a month and two days from the day we're recording. It comes out one month from the day this episode releases. I don't know that calling this a beta is really accurate because I'm not sure how much they can change. Now, is it probably a stress test for their servers? Yes, that would make sense. So call it that or call it a demo. Well, Probably don't call it a beta.
2: Call of Duty and Battlefield and every shooter calls them betas and they come out the weekend before release.
1: I don't think those should be called betas either. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm just saying in general.
2: Yeah, because it is technically a multiplayer beta because we've seen games like this, Anthem, uh, launch with broken multiplayer. um, And Anthem did a stress test the three weeks leading up to the release and they they still didn't put out (laughs) what they should have fixed within that time period.
1: (laughs) And maybe they're calling it a beta because it really is a stress test for their servers and things might break. And that's fine. But I think calling it a stress test would make sense to me because I don't know how much they're really going to be able to change. Yeah, Maybe they're going to be able to tweak levels a little bit. Maybe they'll do some slight balance patches that they'll be able to do. But I don't know that they're going to be able to make significant adjustments (laughs) to progression or anything like that within the game. It's more of balancing weapons, powers, abilities, stressing the servers, and make sure that they're going to be able to function and run and hold capacity when the game comes out. So that's fine. I Beta, to me, just makes it seem like they're going to be able to make bigger changes. So maybe that's just me in my own head. But like I said, overall, looking forward to it. Definitely going to try it out. But once I get the feel of like, yeah, I like this, or ooh, maybe I'm not so hot on this, I don't know how much I'm going to play it. Are you going to play it long enough to try to get that nameplate to <laughs> carry with you?
2: I might. I don't really know that I need um, a nameplate. But, I mean, it's nice that they're off for something. Right. Um. That being said, uh, I'm going to play it, uh, if I like it, I'll play it more, I guess, but really, like, um, Ghost of Tsushima has taken me away from every game I'm playing, so I don't see this taking time away from a game I want to finish before this game comes out.
1: Right. And I'm <laughs> mm, I'm pretty close to finishing Ghost. I'm in pretty close to the end. I'm in Act 3, making some progress there. i will have some trophy cleanup to go back and do, because I'm going to get the platinum, but I would... Mm. I think I'll probably be done by the time this beta hits. Hopefully, knock on wood. But oh, we'll nice. see. I, Like I said, I am more excited for this game than I was. I am potentially slightly overwhelmed at how much there seems to do in this game. But overall, impressions are, are getting more positive. What are your thoughts on this whole Spider-Man man rumor? If that happens to be true, are you down with that? Are you not down with that? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, I think it Makes sense, right? For the license. Make a deal with Sony. It's not like they have the option to do that with Microsoft. They don't have any Marvel IP. Um, Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of like Soul Calibur days where we would get console-exclusive characters. Right. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be a huge blow to the Xbox fans, for sure. Of course, you know what happened. They put this leak out, and then every... Every person who bought this on Xbox was like, "You know what? Though it sucks, but Spider Man sticks. I don't want him anyways." And like, you would be so thrilled if only Xbox got Spider Man. So everyone relax. I know, like, then I wanted to just be like, "Okay, well, what if it's Miles Morales Spider Man?" Everyone seems to be up on Miles and hate Peter now. So what if it's Miles? Then you're yeah. going to be like, oh, I can not believe I don't get – because Peter Parker's not going to be alive still in this timeline. They're like, <laughs> all these people are old. It's definitely going to be Miles Morales. So, I mean, we'll see. I think let's let's do it. Let's get some – like, do it a year time to like – I mean, that's what PlayStation does to Xbox now. They took it, the Xbox put one game out, console exclusive, and then PlayStation was like, cool, every game now has one year content exclusivity to us. (laughs) Every every game you have, we have it, but better.
1: (laughs) I think that in January, had you asked me whether or not console exclusive, timed console exclusives were still going to be a thing, I was going to say no. But if anything that we have seen from both the PlayStation and Xbox event, that is not true. <laughs> and in fact, in some ways, it seems like they may have doubled down on those things. I, I think if they get Spider Man is cool, obviously con- time console stuff is, is always a bit of a uh, it's a double edged sword, right? You want to give value to the users on your consoles, but uh, definitely for people who aren't on those consoles. It is a little unfair that they don't get all that same content, especially when it's something that cool. It wouldn't surprise me, and maybe this is going to be wrong, it wouldn't surprise me even if PlayStation went as far as saying, like, hey, play as Spider-Man, but only on PS5.
2: Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's tricky, right? Sony literally owns Spider-Man. They own the rights to Spider-Man. Marvel does not own Spider-Man. So if you're Sony, why wouldn't you tell Square you're putting Spider-Man in this game. Right. And you can't put him on Xbox because we literally own him. Right. Like, <laughs> right. They, they're they just in a unique situation where they have this huge IP where they, they literally made Marvel bow down to them just to yeah. be able to use Spider-Man. So, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they threw that around. And they should. If they want to make more money, they should do that. And if Microsoft had the X-Men games, like, then... Microsoft should do the same thing. Only play as Wolverine in our version. Like, right? I get it, and it's tough. But when we're in console a console war, no matter if they're willing or not willing participants, like Microsoft, like you're in the console war, and you need to get gamers. And yeah, and and a next generation just shows that we have to go back to old generation tactics to get consumers.
1: Yeah. And currently, everyone's doing it. Other than Nintendo, nobody knows what Nintendo's doing, because Nintendo just won't say anything. <laughs> so, I do, lo- I do <laughs> love the Nintendo Direct Speculation thread, so that it pop up all, every- all the time. That's always. always fun. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Cool, anything else, then, you want to say about uh, Marvel's Avengers?
2: No, I would say I, I agree with you. Uh, I am more excited... Than I was at the end of the last one. And at the end of the last one, I was more excited than I was before the one before that. So, Perfect. uh, I'm just trying to um, keep my hype level according to where it should be.
1: Awesome. All right, Josh. So for my final topic, we'll go through this, I guess, rather quickly. Because, you know, the show's getting a little long in the teeth here, which isn't (laughs) a bad thing. I'm sure you're enjoying the content, listener. Uh, But, you know, some of those conversations took a little longer than anticipated. So it'll be August, your listener, by the time you hear this. And it actually is when we're recording, but it wasn't when I was writing these show notes. So, no. you know, <laughs> let's take a look at the video games that we'll be playing this fall. Now, an important thing to note is why I was thinking about this is I was trying to put together MetaFall. And goodness, is there still aren't a lot of games that are just coming out holiday and we don't know new console launch dates yet. So this is kind of making things a little nebulous, but we're going to take some time, look at a list of games that, is com- that are coming out this fall And then we're going to rate them about how interested or excited we are about them on a very scientific scale. But before we do the scientific scale, Josh, I need to know something. What is something you feel completely neutral about?
2: In general, like in life or about video games?
1: In anything.
2: Uh, neutral. What am I completely neutral about?
1: Yeah. I can give you an example if it'll help.
2: Uh, hold on. Let my brain work. (laughs) You might be here for an hour. Um... What do I feel completely neutral about? Um, 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 stop signs. You
1: feel neutral about stop signs? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, can, I could care less if they're there or not.
1: <laughs> okay, so neutral. So here's going to be our scale then. <laughs> Number one, lowest level of interest. So, number one, it's like my interest in driving games. I have no excitement or interest in any game that sure. is a driving game. Sure, yes. So you did a good a
2: job on one. the scale. <laughs>
1: yes. Number two, obviously between there. Number three, Josh's feelings on stop signs. That is our neutral <laughs> rating. It's a three. I should
2: Josh's change it. I should change it. On <laughs> stop signs.
1: Uh, my example was spinach artichoke dip. No, I hate it. Okay, that's fine. But for me, I feel totally neutral Just about the concept spinach artichoke of it. dip. Okay,
2: okay, so that's yours, yeah. You got signature objective and I have stop signs. <laughs>
1: That's right. Uh number four, obviously a little bit more excited. And then number five would be equivalent to Donnie's love for game pass. Yes. <laughs> so those are kind of the scale. One to five, three being our neutral feelings. And really there's no I don't have a set list. I just provided a link to a list of games to Josh. And we're just gonna kind of go through and Josh, you can pick a game from any month you want to, between August and the end of the year. Let me know how you feel about it. I'll tell you how I feel about it. We're just going to go through a few games. Sound like a plan?
2: Sounds like a great plan.
1: All right. So I'm going to kick things off with what might be a really odd initial pick. And I mine's going to be mostly in chronological order, just so you know. But this is a game that I had two months ago zero interest in. But for some reason, over the last two months, I have become more and more interested in this game. And to To be clear, two be? months ago, we didn't technically know this game was coming out, but now we do. Uh, it is coming out in August. That yeah. is EA Sports UFC 4.
0: Ugh. I
1: mean, now, Josh, I was a big fan of the UFC back in the day. Yes. And within the last year or so, I've been watching a lot more UFC again. I downloaded UFC 3 on uh, whatever the EAs play. Yeah, EA and Access. That and really, or EA Access, thank you. And really enjoyed it. And I was thinking, UFC 4, this will be fine. Whenever it comes out on EA Access, I'll just play it then. But every time I kind of boot up the store and I look at the new games come in, I'm like, man, maybe I should play some UFC 4. So I actually put it as a neutral feeling right now. Uh, I I give it a three. But, you know, two months ago, it was not even a one. Like, it wasn't even on the scale at that point. So it has grown considerably for me. Josh, what are your thoughts? EA Sports, UFC 4, any interest in that game at all?
2: Oh, no. It's a racing game (laughs) (laughs) for you. (laughs) For you no excellent. i'm at a I'm at a euro love for racing games. That's my love for u f c games
1: <laughs> excellent one sounds pretty appropriate for you. That's kind of what I thought it would be. <laughs> I just really don't know if I could justify spending while well, I get ten percent off i guess so fifty three ninety nine yeah on u f c four when I know that probably before the holidays there's a good chance this will be on e a access
2: well, you could play it for ten hours seven days before it releases as That's part true. of e a access
1: and I could decide whether or not I wanted to get it at that point. So anyway, that was my first game. Josh, what's a game you are looking forward to, or potentially looking forward to this fall?
2: Mine is literally nestling right below yours on this list. Um, I thought so. It could have been Fast and Furious Crossroads, right? That would be appropriate <laughs> for my pod, my other podcast. It would be. Um, it could be Horizon Zero Dawn, but we already have a review for that game. Right. And I'm very. I mean, I'm still excited for it. That might take me away from Ghost of Tsushima, uh, ironically. Uh, yeah, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, this is a game that that everyone should know. Uh, if you don't, it's been a it's been a long time since they put out a new version of it. Uh, the only, there's a lot of reasons why I'm excited about this game. Um, it looks like the most beautiful game I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it uses the cloud to pull in like real life weather. It uses the cloud to
1: make clouds.
2: Real-life flight patterns. Yeah. So if you're in a flight, I could literally jump in my game and go fly to your flight. Which is crazy. Uh, There's a lot of options uh, to this game. It looks like it could be real fun, honestly, just to take a cruise with friends. Like, I already told the guys, like Sean Capri and them on PC, like, let's get in Red Baron like, planes and race through the Grand Canyon. Because you can literally do that in this game. You can do whatever you want. You can traverse the whole globe. Um So, I also want to fly to Antarctica and see what's up there. Uh I mean, it's ice. But I want to see what the game <laughs> shows there. me. <laughs> fly to the Galapagos. Like, there's a lot of cool things. Now, I get this on Game Pass, right? So, I don't have to think, am I going to spend $60 on this game? Because I'm not. I have it on Game Pass. Uh, So that makes me more excited. So I think it takes me from a 3 to a 4. Game Pass makes it a 4 for me out of a 3. Because I really honestly... I I can't put it at a 5 because I feel like once I play it for 8 hours, I'm done. I don't think I'm going to want to do more. I could be pleasantly surprised. But I really feel like this is an experience game. And then once I have the experience to my fulfillment... I'll just put it away. But
1: Josh, if you get it on Game Pass, you will not be able to fly to Aldolfo Suarez, Madrid, Barajas Airport in Spain, because you need the Super Special Edition to do that. Oh, well, Aren't you going to be missing out?
2: In my head, that airline uh, airport never existed, so no, I'm not missing out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, this game for me is basically a racing game with planes, so it's a one for me. <laughs> But I'm glad that those who are excited are excited. I really look forward though to, you know, maybe someday playing this on my base Xbox One know, and seeing right. how well it runs.
2: <laughs>
1: That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my next game, and I'm gonna jump ahead to August, if you or to September, if you want to stick in August, you're welcome to. But my next game I'm gonna talk about is the game we just talked about, Marvel's Avengers. So it comes out September 4th. We just talked a whole bunch about it, but I will say right now, my excitement level for this is a four. So I have gone from a three to a four. I am more looking forward to this than I am UFC. I am more looking forward to it than I am spinach artichoke dip. So Marvel's Avengers gets a four <laughs> for me right now. Josh, what about for you? Where is Marvel's Avengers sitting?
2: I'm at a cautiously optimistic five. I'm at a wow. Game Pass hype level. Uh, I was probably at a three once when, when E3 started last year. Okay. So has significantly jumped for me.
1: Gotcha. Very cool. What is another game you would like to talk about?
2: Well, keeping it in September, um, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, uh, also an expansion that they're going to do, uh, Indeed. has me very ex- interested to return to this game without the Kurt uh, Schilling curse, which we already lived <laughs> through. And we still live through to this day, technically. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm going to have to mute any mention of his name the week of September eighth because I'm sure he's going to be tweeting. Uh, Probably true. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited to, to to revisit this game. I remember I have fond ish memories of it, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering uh, how it holds up and how much they changed it to it to make it current. I'm at a four on this one.
1: That's pretty good. I am at a three on this one only because I never played the original. I have heard a ton of people talking about how good it is, and this is a game that uh, really exceeds expectations. My problem I'm running into with it, though, is it comes out September 8th, and yeah. Josh, we have a game that looks like it's going to take a gazillion hours coming out four days before it. <laughs> so I can't decide. Like You're at a five for Avengers and at a four for Kingdoms of Ovel or Re-Reckoning, so how are you going to decide which one you play?
2: I mean, I feel like Avengers is a game that maybe could be a little pick up and put down. Uh-huh. As opposed to, like, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I I feel like like Avengers is a game, if I'm going to try to consistently level with friends, then I'm going to try to consistently play with friends. Right. So there'll be plenty of off nights.
1: Gotcha. Makes sense.
2: If I have to rationalize the pick. I really wasn't thinking. (laughs) I really wasn't thinking about that.
1: I am tried to think about how I'm going to play all these things I want to play this fall because there's yeah. kind of a lot I want to play. Uh, Josh, I'm going to stick in September, but I'm going to step back just a few days to actually a game that is coming out the same day as Marvel's Avengers, and that is Tony Hawks Pro Skater 1 and 2, the remaster of these games. I was a big fan of the original Tony Hawks. I thought they were a lot of fun. I put a lot of hours into them. Soundtracks were obviously great. They're saying all the right things about these Tony Hawks Pro Skater games and the remasters of them. But if anything has showed us recently, I'm not super confident in the quality of these games, (laughs) henceforth I've not pre-ordered anything related to it. So right now, I would say I'm at a 3.5. Okay. Not because I'm not really excited to play them, I'm just not confident they're going to be good. Okay. So what about you, you. Josh? Tony Hawk, are you in? Are you out? What are your thoughts?
2: I mean, I've played those games. I played them before. I played the crap out of them. I played them for many years. uh i'm at a stop sign for these ones i'm oh, um i'm just at a solid three
0: Okay, uh,
2: if they're good yeah i mean pop me to a four but until we know i'm at a three probably at a two because if it's just <laughs> essentially the same game we played i don't know that i'm gonna put down a new one to play it
1: gotcha awesome what is your next title you want to talk about sir
2: my next game flies into october like an x-wing or a tie fighter Ooh. but not a b-wing they left those out and people they are mad they did <laughs> uh star wars squadrons is a game that i very, very much am excited to play i'm at i'm at a four because there's just so much more word coming out that it's more of a simulation fighter like right um which I'll be fine with, but I just wasn't expecting right away. So I'm at a four, and and we'll see where we are, but I loved playing X-Wing versus TIE Fighter back in the day on the PC. I just don't know if I still love it that same amount now.
1: Yep, totally can understand that. I'm looking forward to this game, especially the fact that you can play it in VR, potentially. Yes. That seems cool. I have never been a huge fan of these types of games, though. I... I like them when they're very arcade I don't necessarily like them when they're super simmy. So this to me is more exciting because you get to pew pew in it, unlike Microsoft Flight Simulator. You can pew pew things in this game, which is cool. So I would say I'm at a three and a half again. Uh, you know, I'm getting my uh, spinach artichoke dip with chips and bread uh so a little a little better than normal um so i'm a little more stoked on it but not to the point where i'm like oh gotta go ahead and get it i'll definitely play it i feel like but yeah. i don't know how much i'm going to play it if that makes sense
2: uh it does
1: cool all right well i'm going to jump down here and i'm going to stick in october and i'm going to give you i think the the big one for the month I'm going to go with the Dark Pictures Anthology yeah. Little Hope. Uh, Josh, this is a game, obviously, we played the first chapter of the Dark P- Pictures Anthology together over the course of a couple of nights. Yeah. I had a lot of fun playing it with you. I don't know if I would have played it by myself. Yeah. So, as a result, here's what I will say. For the Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope, if we play it together, I'm at a five.
2: I also have two scores for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I play it by myself, probably at a two. I think it's probably where I'd be, because horror games for me by myself are very hard. So yeah. I'm split on this one. But what are your thoughts, Josh?
2: Well, if I play with you, yes, I, I am very excited. That's a five. i We need a good co-op game again, because um, Ghost took away our destiny time. It did. But we'll get back to that, too. Yes. Um, or we'll yes. get back to Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> oh, man, we get so many games we get to play together. That's a good problem to have. It is. Especially when schools don't go back. I'll still have seven to three work schedule. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, after I saw the trailer for Dark Pictures, Little Hope, I'm at a one. It looks so bad that the character textures are terrible. (laughs) I really hope that it was just a, a a mistake of a trailer. Cause it like, it makes Telltale look like Borderlands 3 and, uh, and it looks so bad. (laughs) It looks okay. like it looks like Deadly Premonition 2 on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, I mean it didn't look super great.
1: I was It's not a like I still would rather play it than a racing game, I guess, so that's probably yeah. why I'm higher than a 1, but I can totally <laughs> respect and understand that rating. Okay, Josh, what's your next pick? Hey,
2: my next pick is still in October. Uh it is actually a game I didn't know about until earlier in July and that's Transformers Battlegrounds, which is a tactics version of Transformers. Um which coming off or still on the high of gears tactics and like rekindling my love for tactics games um transformers is a great ip where there's a ton of content right now to get for it so it'll even be really easy for me to like hype myself up for october like the new netflix series just started war for cybertron there's a bunch of like older transformers games that aren't too old that are actually decent um so i'm really excited to get a tactics version i think it fits perfectly into that like tactics brush transform into a car drive further down the map like move less as like as you're out of like your vehicle like i think it it seems like it could be a great game hopefully it is
1: gotcha mine would be a one because i'm not a tactics person ah and i'm not also a huge transformers person (laughs) so you know that's fine not a big deal you're a
2: paw patrol guy
1: Wow, you know, Paw Patrol
2: seems cool. coming up. <laughs> I know.
1: Well, the game I thought you were going to take, which I guess I'll just go into then, last, well, maybe not really the last big game, but last big game for us maybe for October, uh, Watch Dogs Legion. Sure? So I have not played Watch Dogs 1 or Watch Dogs 2. Same. So Josh, answer this question then. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable jumping into a third game of a, of a series <laughs> that playing played the first two?
2: I think it looks different enough. I think that that's a message they're sending, that this yeah. game is totally different. So, yeah, in this case, yes, but generally no.
1: Okay. So, Josh, I I usually really like Ubisoft games. I'm at a yeah. straight three for this game. Me too. I, what they're looking at doing seems cool, but for whatever reason, it just isn't uh, boiling my water. I don't know. It, <laughs> You're like, right. If, <laughs> I I, don't, I won't buy it day one, but if I can get it super cheaply out on the line, I'll probably buy it and never play it. That's yeah. kind of where I am
2: with it right now. Yeah. Well, I bought *Ass Watch Dogs 2, and, and I tried to play it. I just didn't put any time into it.
1: Gotcha. All right. So we're both at threes for Watch Dogs Legion. Yes. Josh, what is your next pick? Paw Patrol Mighty Pup Saves Adventure?
2: You know, Fame. I won't lie to you that I did watch the trailer to see if it's a game I could play with my son. <laughs> no, that's totally legit. <laughs> um, I mean, ey, uh, November's an interesting month. I could yep. put Destiny 2 Beyond Light on that list. Right. But we're not there yet, right? So I'm going to skip Assassin's Creed cool. and say Cyberpunk 2077, and it's on my list more out of the curiosity of how much I will enjoy this game.
1: So how what was your score rating for it then?
2: Okay, so I want to be a four to a five. I want to be a four and a half on this game. I do. Okay. Um so that's what I'm going to be at. <laughs> so
1: you're like game, Donnie getting Game Pass but having to pay full price for it.
2: Yes, for but I pass. also think that I might not like it. Okay.
1: I'm actually in a similar situation to you is that I this game I would probably give myself rated it as about a four, but more because I want to play it so I can be part of the conversation than I want to play it because I really think I'm going to love it. Now, I yeah. might end up loving it, and if that happens, that's awesome. But this game is just so important to the conversation of of video games this year. I almost feel like I have to play it, even though I don't know that I really want to play it. Does that make sense?
2: That yeah, makes 100% sense. Yeah, I'm going to with you. Cool.
1: Alright, so the next... The, my game that I'm going to pick in November, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla.
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, a big Assassin's Creed fan have enjoyed the series as a whole. Obviously playing a game right now in, in Ghost of Tsushima that is regularly tied to or talked about similarly to Assassin's Creed. Uh, and I'm kind of okay with that. I, I still am pretty hyped for Valhalla. The trailers, I watch them, and I both get more and less excited about this game while watching the trailers. Yeah, Because it's doing some things I like and some things I don't. So I think I'm really going to have to experience it all altogether to know how I truly feel about it. So I would give it a four right now just because, in general, I like Assassin's Creed. I'm interested to see how this plays. I just don't know for certain that I'm going to love it. Um, so I'm at a four. Where are you for Assassin's Creed Valhalla?
2: Well, going into Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I was at a five just for um, historical background mm-hmm. and, yeah. and mythology. Uh, I'm at a, I'm at a three. I'm at a two point eight. Oh, uh, okay. It's just more of an Assassin's Creed game I don't enjoy anymore. Gotcha. Um, like I'm literally playing Samurai Assassin's Creed right now. The <laughs> The Assassin's Creed that I that is for me. Right. And so I'm getting that Phil. Like I really wish Valhalla was a more self-contained game. I don't think it needs to be shorter. I'm not taking like the Jason Schreier hill to die on. That games are too long. I I think it can still be long. I just miss my... I miss Assassin's Creed 1 through 3.
0: Gotcha.
1: No, I I definitely understand that as well. Uh, Any other games that we have dates for that you want to talk about?
2: Not that we have dates for.
1: (laughs) Any games that don't have dates that you want to talk about?
2: I mean, only Halo Infinite. I'm at a 5. Okay because i have to be right it comes with game pass it could be this huge xbox uh game the multiplayer free to them. play multiplayer is free to play but halo's been such an important part of my gaming life and um uh i'm excited i really want oh, i should i really want to be at a 5 i'm probably more at a 4 okay. i really want to be at a 5 i'm just not very confident in the gameplay we saw Right, um, so and only after over analyzing it afterwards.
1: Yeah. So if Cyberpunk and Halo release the same day, yeah. Which Which one are you playing first?
2: Probably hi- Halo because okay. Cyberpunk is such a long game. That's true. Good like, point. You know, I, I would. You know, plus all the people playing Halo multiplayer will be playing it then. At least yeah. at its peak. So for sure, know, I, I could definitely get into the Cyberpunk stuff later. Um, And you're not going to be subjected to spoilers in the traditional sense with Cyberpunk.
1: Absolutely, I'm probably at a four for Halo. I'm looking forward to it. I'm pretty positive I'm going to play it. Um, I, you know, traditionally have enjoyed playing Halo for a while. There, you know, Halo Three, especially Halo Three multiplayer, was absolutely my jam, even over Call of Duty Modern Warfare for a while. Uh, That was the game I was I was putting all my multiplayer hours into. So I'm definitely looking forward to Halo. I would love to get sucked back into a Halo game. Uh, like I did back in the day. So I'm I'm down for it for sure. One game I think that, you know, supposedly still coming this season. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. I am a big fan, obviously, of the previous Marvel Spider-Man game on PS4. This game coming to PS5. I'm super excited about it. I know it's going to be a, a little bit of a smaller game, which I'm actually more excited about because of... Yeah. All the other games that are coming out this year, this fall, and you know, Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed Valhalla are going to be really big time sinks. So I'm totally cool with it being, even if it's a, you know, 15, 20 hour adventure, I am totally down for that. I'm actually probably at a four for that because it's not my most anticipated PS5 game, but I don't know when my most anticipated one is coming out. Right. So as a result, I am slightly tempering my expectations just because of that so i'm probably at about a four maybe a four and a half from marvel spider-man and miles morales where are you for that one
2: josh i am actually also at a four for that um i'm really excited to see what it could be um uh yeah and it, if if i get a ps5 day one i will also have that game
1: awesome any other games you want to talk about
2: Uh just i just want to briefly mention biomutant um, okay. There's no way uh, that's
1: coming out this year, right?
2: I don't. You know, it was supposed to come out last year. I don't know what's going on with the game. It's definitely uh, changed a lot since they first shown it, but I, I still think it's something I'm interested to see. I'm still. I mean, I'm at a. I'm at a three and a half now from being right. at a four earlier. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm still very interested to see what this game is going to be.
1: There are a lot of games that are kind of in that nebulous region right now that we. It so- seems like probably have been pushed to 2021 because you know, you have Dying Light 2, you have Elden Ring, Gods and Monsters. Yeah, I assume Rainbow Six Quarantine at this point is pushed to 2021, even though there is going to be another Ubisoft Forward event in September, so maybe not. Yeah, but there's just a lot of games I, I, I kind of feel have, have made that push. Here's one game I'm going to ask you about though, Josh, because it is a game you've talked about before, yeah. and I think it's kind of flying a little bit under the radar, and that's Outriders. Yeah, so that's right. the the Date I've heard thrown around is December. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is. And if, if you're not familiar, listener Outriders is a game from people who can fly um, being published by Square Enix uh, stand alone or self-contained, I should say, kind of, I don't want to say if you took Anthem, but made it a contained self-contained game, right. but it's kind of in that, Looks like a game of ser- as games as service on the f- front, or like when you just look at it and uh, all the parts of it. But it's just a self-contained story that is kind of a one-off deal. Yeah. Uh, where are you for Outriders? Do you think it's a? Do you think it's still going to come out this year? And B, how excited are you for it?
2: I'm still at a four. I think for Outriders. Every time okay. we see content, I think it looks great. Um, I hope it comes out this year, but I mean, it's tough to come out in the middle of a console launch,
1: right? Um, yeah.
2: So maybe they wait. I don't know. Uh, maybe they get out ahead of it maybe they're waiting for console launch dates and then they say okay cool outriders is coming out like two weeks before that
1: awesome yeah i'm kind of in the same boat i i'm still looking forward to outriders the gameplay they've shown looks fun to me i don't know if it's going to be a good game but i have a feeling it's going to be a fun game yeah so that is something that i am definitely interested in as well i probably would put myself in the three and a half to four range for that one so cool any other games
2: no, nope, I think that's wow. it.
1: Awesome. We do have one listener question. Do you want to take us through that?
2: Yeah. Uh, so Shplig at uh chimed in on Twitter. He says, I'm kind of hopeful for uh, Godfall. Uh, if anything, a new game for the new system um, that you can sink time into. So, yeah. I mean, I think Godfall, what we've seen so far, looks really cool. Right. Uh, but we still need to see more from Godfall <laughs> for me to get yeah. excited. It
1: does, it does look cool. You know, hack and slash game. Run around, hit things with big swords. That seems fun. Yeah. Premise sounds cool, but yeah, I, I kind of in the same boat. I would like to see a little more uh before I know exactly how into it I am. But, dear listener, please hit us up at Board of Fiji on Twitter. Let us know what your most anticipated game is for the fall. We would love to know. And we will be doing a uh our metafall contest here in the next week or two because we definitely want to get or at least i would love to include marvel's avengers in it yeah uh, so in order for us to do that we're going to get that next episode turned around pretty quick um to give you time to enter as well dear listener so it's that we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up obviously we're a gaming podcast but we do want to give you one other thing we're into that's helping us live that well-rounded life josh what is your recommendations for our listeners this week
2: my recommendation is uh a documentary on HBO Max it's called I'll be gone in the dark it's about the Golden State killer and it's uh, more importantly it's about Michelle McNamara who was the former uh Patton Oswalt's wife and she kind of began this like true crime not uh, not using a negative connotation um and started uh uh becoming like a freelance detective almost and definitely a free, freelance writer on the subject. Um, it's definitely that deals with some crazy stuff and some some tough subject matter, uh, especially for women. So go into that, keeping that in mind. But um, it's a very well done doc and Sunday night tonight is the last episode. So you know that there's a finite number of episodes. I think it's, I think it ends on five or six, f- five or six. So uh, they're about an hour each. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it, so uh, check it out if you're into true crime, like I am.
1: There was just a documentary announced that's going to be on HBO Max, or maybe it already is, and I can't remember what it was, but I was very, very interested in it. And now I can't remember for the life of me what in the world that documentary was. Anyway, I do want to watch this one, though, as well. I've actually... Uh, currently have YouTube TV, but I'm canceling it here in the next day because the price has gone up significantly. Yeah. Uh, and actually, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to subscribe to HBO because it's way less expensive.
0: Nice.
1: Um, but that's awesome. So, my recommendation obviously, have to jump on the documentary train, which I am often on, and that is the documentary The Speed Cubers on Netflix. This is a documentary that I honestly thought was going to be full length, but it's pretty short. It's only 40, maybe 50 minutes long. And it looks at people who are competitive Rubik's Cube solvers. And it really follows uh, the really the last couple world champions. So there's two people who have been kind of at the top of competitive Rubik's Cubes uh, since yeah late 2010 or early 2010s to now. And it just kind of looks at the relationship that they have, uh, how they met one another, where, you know, the lives that they both had to get to the point that they are. Um, when it comes to competitive Rubik's cube, now I know it sounds probably kind of silly. I thought I don't think it's really silly because I've had like people I've worked with in the past who've been really into Rubik's cube and can solve them very fast. Uh, but these people can do you know a three by three Rubik's cube in under seven seconds. Huh. So I, we're talking people who are have blistering speed when it comes to solving a Rubik's cube. But then they don't just do the three by three; they do the four by four, the five by five, the six by six, seven by seven. They also do them one-handed. There's competitions for doing a Rubik's Cube one-handed. Josh, this stuff is ridiculous. So check it out. It's just a really wholesome... If you're looking for something to feel good about right now, <laughs> Speed Cubers on Netflix. Great documentary. Like I said, pretty short. Check it out. <coughs> Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up?
2: Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash G. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at BoredWithVG at gmail.com. We tag all our stuff with hashtag G, So please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can they find you?
1: So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, BoardGameGeek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.